0: Previously, on the Nature of My Game podcast.
1: The three of you have finally reached the old farmhouse.
0: With Evan going one direction and, and Constantine being inspector guy, I will just pull out my gun and watch over things.
1: You are startled when you see a, a recently dead raccoon and you see that it's, its chest area is absolutely, totally stained with clotted blood. And then a large hole has been bored into its chest. You reach to the front door of the farmhouse and you grab the handle and you turn and it's locked. Welp, I guess we gotta go
2: home. <laughs>
1: we tried. <laughs> Adventure over. A scraggy-haired man with a beard wearing a flannel shirt, suspenders, and a wide-brimmed hat jumps out of the shadows and swings an old table leg at you.
0: I aim my gun at him and I say, please don't make me use this.
1: Don't, 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 don't. And he he really, he starts to ramble and it's, it's nearly incoherent. There's something strange about this house. Uh, I think there's a monster in here.
0: Well, did you see the, did you see a missing woman? Like
1: <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't missing to me. I saw her. <laughs> I'll be back to put things right. Signed, Marion Allen. P.S. The thing is still in the attic of the house. Boston, November 15th, 1921. Evan Byers fumbled with his key, trying to fit it into the lock at his parents' house. Well, it was his house too, He had his own entrance, his own wing, but it was still hard for him to think of it that way. It was late, dark, and he was drunk, so unlocking the door was more of a challenge than it should have been. But he figured it out all the same and stumbled through the doorway. As he took off his jacket, Evan began to wonder to himself, Was it late? 3 a.m. felt late, and 5 a.m. felt like early in the morning. But right now was in between, and Evan was never sure whether in between was late or early. It was something he wondered often, because he often came home at this time of night, often when he was drunk after a night at Jitterbugs, and this was just where his mind tended to go when it was late and he was drunk. Evan managed to flip on the light that lit up his living room just so he could make his way across without stumbling over the furniture. But he was surprised to see someone sitting on his couch, smiling up at him, though perhaps not as surprised as he should have been. There was no reason for anyone to be in his living room at this time of night. No way anyone other than his parents or a servant could get in and the man sitting on his couch was neither his father nor a servant. And yet, Evan didn't jump back or make a sound. His vision was a bit blurry, and the room was slightly spinning, but he felt sure that he knew who this man was. If he could just focus a bit, he'd be able to tell for sure. But his eyes were drooping, and the weight of the night was sitting heavily on his shoulders. If I just sit down, I'll be able to see more clearly, he thought. He took a few graceless steps and plopped down in an armchair, hoping to steady himself enough to figure out what this man was doing sitting on his couch, smiling at him, not saying a word. But the moment he felt the support of the armchair, Evan's eyes slid shut, and he fell asleep. When his eyes blinked open the following morning, the sun was shining through the windows, and his head ached. He squinted and used his hand to block the sun, and looked across the room at his couch. The man was still sitting there, was still smiling, and still hadn't said a word. Despite just waking up, the pounding headache, and the bright sun, Evan was now sure who was sitting across from him, but it wasn't possible. It couldn't be. Evan closed his eyes tightly and used the palms of his hand to rub them, hoping to clear his head before he opened them again. The man he was sure he had seen sitting on his couch, both last night and this morning, was his grandfather. The problem was, his grandfather had died more than ten years ago. Evan opened his eyes and looked again at the couch, but this time, it was empty, He breathed a sigh of relief moments before feeling a hand grip his shoulder. He turned and looked up and saw his grandfather once more standing behind him, smiling. So, the characters so far in this scenario have seen their great-grandfather slash great-uncle basically die in front of them. They've been asked by him to destroy an evil entity or, or send back an evil entity that he summoned into the world. They've seen a raccoon with its chest ripped open, and they've... They've been surprised by a homeless man who ran out of the house that they were exploring. I'm curious, not about your characters, but specifically about the three of you, Adam, Brandy, Nick. How would the three of you as people, do you think, deal with this situation if you were put into it? Poorly. <laughs> Why?
3: <laughs> I, I mean, I guess if, uh, if it was a family member who asked, I'd feel a sense of obligation. If it was anything else, I would just absolutely go into like denial. Like if it was just like like I passed it on the street and it's like oh maybe there's like a dark gin over there and it's casting an evil spell I'd be like ah someone else probably has it and just leave like just be like yeah it's you know it's like the fire department or somebody'll take care of it what if
2: it was one of our like mutual friends like
3: I was going to say what if it was friends? me what if I asked you <laughs> Did you die? I I feel like the die Billy Ramson. You died. died. You coughed. Wait, I don't.
0: I don't know if we can count Eric though, because Eric is Adam's family member. Like that's true.
1: That's true. But for at least for Nick, what? Yeah. If if I asked you this and then I died, what would you do? (laughs) I mean, I'd I'd have to try. I don't think it'd go well.
2: See, see, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in here, Nick. I, you would be one of the most like, with you have just such a diverse knowledge <laughs> set. Like you have so much eclectic <laughs> knowledge. I'd feel like you'd be one of the more
1: equipped people to handle
2: a situation like this. I'd want you there.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Oof. I was just looking. I was looking at another game because um, another one, another podcast that I listen to is playing it. It's called Time Watch, and one of the skills in that game is trivia. And I was like, Nick. Nick would have a really <laughs> high score in trivia. <laughs> just, just trivia and deception.
0: <laughs> it's the the truth scale where Nick is on the. You don't want it to be true, and it isn't. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: I think that um, there would be there'd be few people that I'd rather go into a situation like this um then nick brandy if we're gonna throw you in eric i'll 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 bring you in too thank Um, you i appreciate it i just like with the again like there regardless what was happening like you know there'd be there'd be some humor to the situation it's probably good to laugh when you're in a situation like this but i also feel like you know there's there's a good number of skill sets present that maybe could you know You guys are as qualified as anybody else to deal with like an occult haunted situation, so I'd feel as good about it with you guys as I would with anybody.
1: Though I'm sure. I don't, I'm not sure any of us would bring a gun with us, which maybe is terrifying. That,
3: that's what I was just thinking. Where Adams w- was saying skill sets, and I'm like,
2: man, weapons, weapons.
3: I are do not. think
0: one of us would try to bring a sword cane, so.
2: <laughs> for sure, for sure. Okay, but if I'm gonna qu- if I'm gonna quote um, Constantine,
1: knowledge is the best weapon. <laughs> <laughs> How do you? What? Okay, so 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 let me fast forward a little bit. So not so you you've been presented with this situation and you've experienced some some very strange things and some traumatizing things. But you've also now learned that you have to perform some sort of ritual to get rid of the thing and like have to chant in Latin and and throw dust into a fire.
0: I feel like that would be the easiest part. <laughs>
1: You're good with that. You're, you're down to perform oh, a ritual It's all written down
0: for me. I can follow instructions. <laughs> oh
3: man. See, I was thinking the reading, reading something, especially in a foreign language out loud. No way I'm getting through that. That's going to yeah, be Yeah, I, I can do that. That's no problem. Yeah,
2: exactly. We got Brandy. Eric, you still remember some Greek, right?
1: Yeah, I took Latin too. I, I can. I I, can, I mean, I I couldn't translate anything that's written here, but I I did take Latin for a little while. Eric, literally
0: every time I see the word Caesar or Cicero, there's the little Eric in my head that goes, you know, it's not actually pronounced like that.
1: <laughs> Cicero. <laughs>
2: I'm just going to speak for everyone. I think all of us have at least at some point in the last, you know, period of time, there little Eric in your head saying something like
1: that with pronunciations or, you know, actually, insert. Oh, God. I was a really, really annoying person for a large chunk of my life. I hope that I'm better better now than I was. Anybody Mm -hmm. remember what, what Chichiro means?
0: Not a clue. Or I maybe bet it's you like do. No. Yeah,
1: you know that I do. Maybe we'll save that for another episode. No, it's a uh... cliffhanger. Chickpea.
0: Oh my god.
3: That was <laughs> underwhelming. That that really sucked as an answer.
1: Oh man. All right. So so with with all of that, let's, uh, let's let's jump back in. So the three of our investigators have just discovered in the basement of this old farmhouse a travel chest and inside they found it seems like an item or some items wrapped in black cloth and a letter from Marion Allen who was the man who was kind of leading the group of students who summoned this entity talking about how he's going to try to get rid of it he's trying to figure out how he can do that on his own but that he also has put in this chest the the what put in this chest what is needed to perform the ritual to banish this creature and he's put some of the same sigils and wards that they put on the outside of the house on the chest to make sure that nothing could get in. What do you think is going through each of your minds right now? Like do you think your characters believe that this is like I I know you've experienced some of this and you probably trust Jack in what he told you, but like do you actually believe that you can perform a ritual to to banish this evil spirit and that you can pull it off?
2: I think Constantine believes it. I definitely believes that it's real, like Hookline and Sinker buys it. He's, you know, studied this, seen things like this, and I do think that this is maybe one of the I don't wanna say few things that he thinks he's confident in, but um he is more confident in this than he is in showing up to work on time, for instance.
3: Uh believes it, uh, for Evan for sure. This isn't his first uh ghost adventure. Um, but it's it's definitely the most serious. The other ones have been more like, uh, le- like Ghostbuster-y. Yeah. And yeah. I say that only having seen um, the Ghostbusters cartoon and the girls version of Ghostbusters.
1: You've never Wait. seen the, the, the original Ghostbusters?
3: No, I have not. Are you, are you serious? So I, my my perception of what I mean when I say Ghostbusters... How did you than get? Literally how did you get through else's.
0: college with Adam constantly saying there is no Dana, only Zul? I,
1: I assumed it meant something to him. <laughs> I mean, as with as with most things that Adam says, you assume that it means something to him. <laughs> it always means something to me.
3: But so, anyways, when I say Ghostbusters adventures, you know, they're lighthearted, they're fun. There's slime involved. That's pretty much what I remember from uh from my Ghostbusters experiences. But the yeah so this this situation is much more serious, much more dangerous, and so he believes it's possible to do it. Um, he's not sure they're gonna be able to do it
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah when Margaret has helped with the uh paranormal investigations, she's been on the research side so like she believes that this is real, but she's only been involved at the library and then when she's been helping with the mob, it's very clearly you know fighting physical beings that will be affected by a gun and bullets. So she's not too sure how she's going to do on this side of things.
1: Do you think she puts trust in that gun? Right. Like, uh, you know, uh, you oh, said before, 100%. That, like, the to- the, yeah, like the Tom, the Tommy gun was like a defining point of how you came up with the character. Like, do you think she still has faith that it will work or will say, will keep her safe.
0: The faith is wavering in this situation in general. Yes. But, In this specific scenario, she is not sure that it will do any good.
3: Adam, uh, what's the Han Solo line about hokey religions and uh, guns? Um, I know. Never (laughs) tell me the odds. (laughs) (laughs) You got half of my question right. Those were Han Solo lines. (laughs) No, he's got some line in Star Wars about hokey religions and something being no match for a good blaster.
1: Yeah. It's when it's when it's when Luke's practicing the practicing the lightsaber with yes. the, with it with the eyes with his eyes covered. Adam, I've never been more disappointed in you.
2: I, I believe it is. Uh, I don't. I'm not gonna get it <laughs> exactly right, and I don't want
1: to try. that I think I it's. I've
0: got a bad feeling about this. Yes. <laughs> yes
1: that, that's it. I think I think I think at the end of the day Adam's going to always blame any any time he messes up something with Star Wars he's going to blame me for when I was 3 years old and misled him about what Star Wars was based purely on the Muppet babies version of Star Wars.
2: <laughs> Eric, you know what? I have I have moved past that. I think it's made me a better I think it's made me a better person and a better Star Wars fan ultimately. Took you a long time though. Yes. <laughs> I believe it's hokey hokey religions or are... I, I I can't I'm very disappointed in myself
1: follow, follow us on uh, at nomg podcast <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram and we'll we'll follow up with what the actual quote is <laughs> um, all right so so okay so you all you find this letter Marion Allen kind of describes what his plans are and that the items that are needed for the ritual are, are in the trunk and when you unfold the black cloth you see that it's actually six black robes um, that have been folded in this trunk, and there are also there's also a cigar box inside and a sheaf of yellowed papers. What's in the box? <laughs> Margaret opens up the box. Um, so the the box is it's dated to the 1850s, which would make sense. And when you open it up, there's uh, two things. There's a small metal canister uh, that looks like it has a coarse and brownish powder inside. And a smaller wooden box with a sliding lid, and if you open that one up, there's a silvery talcum powder-like substance there. So there's like there's a brownish powder, and there's a a silvery talcum powder-like substance. None of you have chemistry or pharmacy, right? Those are in the science category. I don't think any of you have any science. Constantine
2: does have chemistry. Um, Whoa! Because of the photographal aspect.
1: Yeah, that's, that's how you say that, for sure. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, go ahead and roll me a chemistry roll. You don't See, know what they called it in the 20s? <laughs> there's that voice inside your head that's just so annoying. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that, that voice has helped me out in a lot of situations where it's like, maybe I should look this up before I say it out loud in, a, in an important meeting. Um, that is a, that's a fail, unfortunately. 72 over 31. Would have been cool. Would have been a cool story moment, but you know, of course, dice get in the way then.
1: Uh, and if you want to give, if you want to give me also, since you're the only one that has that a Cthulhu Mythos roll, you can do that too. See if you roll a one. Don't ever tell me the odds. I also think Constantine could uh, could push that chemistry
3: um, <laughs> choice maybe by like pasting one of the. Powers. Oh yeah,
1: he could. He for sure
2: <laughs> could. <laughs> I I failed the Cthulhu uh, Mythos. Oh. You know what? It's it sounds good. I like it. That that's not where my my thought went to, which is why I'm going to hesitate, but he you know, he, Constantine is into this um, you know, might not be he's into this. So I will push the chemistry roll by just just a little bit. Not enough that it's going to harm me, but tasting a little bit of the um talcumy silvery powder. Just just a little bit. Oh, that's a
1: 96. <laughs> oh the Constantine right. dies. <laughs> so you you taste a little bit of the of the silvery talcum like, powder. He
2: almost felt like he he's like examining it almost like subconsciously. like I'm thinking like you know he's not he's not stupid. Um, he's not gonna like. it. yeah. yeah just, you're not like dumping uh, it into your mouth. No, I, but like just subconsciously like looking through it, and he doesn't know. And you know, little maybe a little frustrated, and he I just think, takes it. I think I think he's.
0: This is legit because like archaeologists will put things on their tongue to see if it's like bone or pottery. So
1: yeah, there. We, thank you. <laughs> Seems like a this bad choice with bone. <laughs> what is? Your, what's your score in chemistry? Thirty one. Thirty one. Thirty one. Okay, so that means that a ninety six, which is what you rolled, right? Yeah is a critical failure.
2: Can I use a point of luck to just make it a failure?
1: You cannot. That that it, it, it just it definitely says in the rules that um that criticals are always criticals. You can't spend luck to make them not criticals. <sighs> and so you you taste a little bit of this this silvery talcum like powder. And initially it tastes kind of sweet. It's it's actually kind of a pleasant flavor. And so you kind of like smack your tongue around your mouth like you kind of like allow it to like coat the inside of your mouth and then all of a sudden it gets it's like your mouth is on fire. It's like the hottest hot pepper that you've ever tasted and you start coughing and like almost choking and the the container that the white the the silvery powder is in flies out of your hand and like spills all over the contents of the basement here. It it's like it's it's spilled out so much that there's like you wouldn't be able to recollect it. It's just like covering things. Um
2: <laughs> did it like supernaturally fly out of my hands or did I drop it cuz I was coughing? No, so you dropped
1: much? it cuz you like went into a coughing fit, yeah. <sighs> the brown the brown coarse powder is still in the metal con- the metal canister in the uh in the in the cigar box. But not but the the, the silvery powder is just all over everything down in the basement. Okay. In the Margaret so shoots
0: Constantine. I,
1: so
2: I Constantine... So I, so I, I, I still don't I still don't I still don't order this. Don't don't put it in your mouth I'm i I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, guys. I guess I guess it didn't it didn't work for them when they used both powders. So maybe we just using one powder is the right idea. I, I, I'm so <laughs> I'm so I'm so sorry. Um, I assume I assume that didn't give me any special insight into uh, what it actually no, was. No, sadly not. No. I mean, we could uh, if I mean if we think that that is like absolutely necessary, we could take some of it to. The university, like if we wanted to leave and come back, we could take some of it to the university, have them analyze it. And yeah, I will, t- I will take a little bit and put it back in the box just so we have some of it Okay. as Sounds I'm good.
1: coughing. And so then there is the, also the sheaf of yellowed papers. Which probably should have started with the papers. <laughs> they might give you some description <laughs> of what. You might just say what these powders are. But Brandy wanted to know what's in the box.
0: I did not want Constantine <laughs> to eat it.
1: <laughs> no, that was, that was Nick that wanted that to have
2: <laughs> yeah, I blame, I blame not, I don't blame Evan, I blame Nick as a person.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs>
2: for getting me once again to do something that wasn't <laughs> the greatest idea.
1: <laughs> so you start looking through the, the papers, um, and there's there's a number of different sheets here. The the top six sheets are all exactly the same, and they are all copies of a Latin chant. Do, none of you have language Latin, do you?
3: No, I've I have French. Are they in French, too? Is <laughs> so there nope. like a caption? French like a caption translation. French.
1: <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right. So, there, yeah, there's six sheets of, of, of the Latin chant. Uh, there is one sheet that gives a little bit of identification. It says that the Latin chant has been derived from a, from the book, uh, which you have now heard of many times, De Vermeis Mysteriis. It also says that while the original chant detailed the ritual for releasing the spirit trapped inside the ancient amber... Several words within the incantation have now been replaced, changing the original summoning ritual, summoning ritual to one of exorcism so that it may be used to dispel the vile spirit currently trapped in the attic. That's handy. Would we maybe recognize any of the Latin just
3: from, like, church? I assume we're Irish and in Boston, we probably go to church. An excellent oh, we
1: point, definitely an excellent do. <laughs> uh, so the first two words are O spiritus. So
0: Don't know what that, that means.
1: that's probably <laughs> O spirit or spirits. I mean, you see the word exorcizo or exorcizo, I'm not, now I, now I feel bad about correcting people's pronunciation because I don't actually know whether that's right or not, but I think it's exor- exorcizo, which you think is probably exercise or exorcism. You see like divinorum, which probably is divine or divinity or something like that. Let's see, sapientium, you probably remember means wisdom. You see daimon, which seems bad. So a, a little, you know, a, a few words here or there, but not enough to actually understand what it's saying. Gotcha. That
0: was a good. That was a good call, Nick. Can
2: Constantine? This is kind of a. Well, I, you know, let's read the rest of the papers first before Constantine does anything else. Tries to eat them. I'm gonna taste the papers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, so there's another sheet that has a, um, it has the drawing of a pentagram with strange designs throughout, um, and that's, uh, you think that this is the symbol that needs to be drawn as part of the ritual, and then there is, there are three sheets that kind of go into detail about the ritual itself, um, and so the, kind of looking through that, the things that you glean are, it takes at least an hour to perform and needs to be started at midnight. To start... While one person speaks aloud the ritual phrases, another has to draw, a pen- the, draw the pentagram on the floor while another burns a certain combination of chemicals in a fire nearby. And the notes mention that the chemicals resemble a brown powder, which he has prepared and stored with these papers in a metal canister ready for use. Uh, it also says while one person alone can perform the chant, the notes recommend that several people take part, allowing each individual to occasionally interrupt their chanting without disturbing the overall ritual or its potency. Uh, It says that if the chant is continuous with at least one person reciting the repeating phrases aloud, the spirit must succumb. However, it warns that even the slightest disruption of the chanting may may result in failure, requiring another ritual to be formed on the following night. And finally, the note suggests that during the ritual, a watcher be posed, lest the sorcerers be disturbed by the nuances and distractions of malevolent spirits.
0: So we don't need the silver powder.
1: There didn't seem to be any mention of the silver powder. I do think, actually, uh, Constantine, give me an intelligence roll, please. I'm real smart.
2: <laughs> that is a 64 under 75.
1: Nice. The only other powder that you have heard mentioned this whole time besides the, besides this coarse brown powder that's supposed to be part of, the, uh, part of the ritual is the powder of Ibn Ghazi that was mentioned in yeah. the journal.
2: Okay, the du- and the Dust of Ibn Ghazi was used to try to, like, once the spirit was there, did it, is that, am
1: I remembering correctly, like, did they throw it at the spirit when it was there to try to get it to go away, or? I think they threw it at the spirit to try to reveal it so that they could actually see it. Oh,
3: okay. I do have a bag of flour.
1: <laughs> That's true. You did might buy a bag thing. of flour. Yeah, it's it true. It might be flour. the same thing. In D anD D, a bag genius. of flour is one of the like secret, like dungeon crawling expert items. Like, just bring a bag of flour with you. You can throw it at a at an invisible creature, and you'll be able to see it. So, who knows? Perfect. Nick's
0: secret genius.
3: <laughs> so, so um, does it say that the 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 the, the djinn needs to be present? Can we start the ritual, and it will draw in the gin, or do we need to draw in the gin and then start the ritual?
2: Can I roll knowledge occult on that? Like what I'd know from just do general. Do the papers rituals? say that or is it unclear?
1: Yeah, the, the, the papers do not say anything about the spirit needing to be present. And okay. you you can you can roll on occult, Constantine.
2: Oh. Fail.
1: Okay. Yeah, you're you're not you're not totally sure, though I think you would think about, you know, this the ritual was originally a summoning ritual. It has been changed to hopefully be an exercising or a like a banishing ritual. You're not sure how you would summon, you're not sure how you would, like, bring the creature there anyway, so you might as well try to start it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if it doesn't work, we could try again, and, like, not, I know time is of, of the essence, Um, but we could, you know, I think Constantine would be like, I'm not, I'm not sure whether it needs to, to be, to be present or not, but we might as well try without it present, because it's less dangerous. What time of day is it?
1: I'd say early afternoon, probably. Okay.
0: So, like, theoretically, we would have time to take the remnants of the powder back to the university and see if they can procure some more before we go back to the farmhouse.
1: Yeah, you, you would have time to do that, probably. And there would also probably be people at the university that could translate the Latin and identify the brown coarse powder if you really wanted them to.
2: There's, I mean, there was supposed to be a translation of the Latin somewhere in here, right?
1: We
0: still haven't checked the attic. The attic does still exist.
2: Yeah, we should. Yeah, we should check the attic before we leave. Is there? There's nothing else in the in the chest or like on the back of the yellow pages.
1: No, there's nothing else. There's the there's the um there's the Sith robes. Yeah, there's the robes, the cigar box, and the and the papers.
3: Uh, Constantine would like to examine the robes. Uh, Evan has also already started kind of getting bored on this, and he's trying on a robe
1: sure sure um yeah I mean the robes I think Constantine they they like they look like the type of robes that someone who was who thought they were into the occult would wear while doing a ceremony or something like that
2: okay I seeing seeing Evan put one on I like just grab one and hand it to Margaret and then also start putting one on uh
3: can I can I roll to see if Evan pulls it off <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah roll me uh roll me an appearance check so I tied does that? That's, that a, a that's a success. F- so like that's a success good. I mean I was gonna spend luck reg- if, it, if yeah. it was a failure. So
1: some some people might think it's a little weird, but most people I think would think he looks good. And I also I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna change my mind here for a second. I'm gonna say that because it, it actually did say in the journal that there was a translation of it and not just like it hadn't been copied from the book. So I'm gonna say that there is actually a translation of the ritual. though you do think it still needs to be chanted in Latin. Uh, There is a translation written. It says, O spirits, you I exercise by the power, wisdom, and virtue, by the divine knowledge, by the dark void, by the name of the Old Ones, the root, trunk, source, and origin of all the other divine names, whence they all draw their life and their power. I exercise you by the name Nyarlathotep, signifying the most excellent bringer of wisdom, his majesty so high and brighter than the stars of the void. I exercise you by the most powerful name of Azathoth, the all-powerful who shall punish the crimes. I exercise you and I command you absolutely, O demon, in whatsoever part of the universe you may be, by the virtue of all these names. Hear you and obey. Interesting.
0: So, Margaret's not thrilled about this whole situation. She is a Catholic. She is a practicing Catholic. Uh Uh-huh. Not super keen on invoking all of these other names like realizes she probably has to do it but i want it known this is being done very unhappily
1: margaret schedules confession for tomorrow
0: yeah, basically.
1: <laughs> Margaret's experiencing a lot of Catholic guilt.
0: She, she like gets to confession and she's like, "So I uh, summoned a demon." No, no,
2: no, no. You exorcised. Oh no, the I demon. exercised the demon. demon, but in
0: but in order to do that, I did have to contact Niarlath Nyarlathotep, and the priest is just like,
1: "What?" <laughs> it was just like a. It was just a touch of blasphemy, just like a, a, a little bit of blasphemy, <laughs> L- light blasphemy. <laughs>
2: Okay, so do we want to do we wanna hang out I mean, I don't think there's any reason to hang out in here till midnight. Do we wanna like go back to the
0: Well we should go to the attic.
2: The universe okay, we wanna check out the attic, even though it the the gin the might be in the attic and attack us.
0: It also might not be. It followed Red Jake outside.
2: <laughs> Constantine hears your logic and it's like, You're right, Margaret. Okay, you're right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, g- going back to Red, Red Jake, do we need four people? Was it recommended we had four people based on the uh, yeah. based on the letter Yeah we, we're gonna need to find Red Jake. Red Jake come be a watcher
1: Yes yeah, so, I mean so so what the so the suggestions were that when you start you need to have one person chanting while another person draws the pentagram and another person feeds the fire with the brown powder to start and then it also suggests that throughout the process, more than one person should chant in case somebody kind of needs to like take a breath or something. But that you could just have one person chanting, and that you should have a watcher throughout. So you could probably pull it off with three, right? Like you could do the three starting things, and then a couple people keep chanting while the other person is the watcher. But I'm sure a fourth person would help if you want to go find go find your boy Red Jake. Well, we could find Red Jake if we go back to the university. Uh, you know, just get some grad students,
3: offer course credit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure Red Jake is gonna be too reliable. I'm not, I'm not sure
3: how least well chance.
0: <laughs> you don't think
3: he's
1: strong in Latin? Strong with a chair leg.
0: It would be rude to presume that he's
1: not. But <laughs> you don't know what you don't know what Red Jake's life is like. I actually exactly. I have some, I have some notes about Red Jake's life. You didn't ask him about about what <laughs> it, where he came from or what what his past has been. I mean,
0: I mean, based based on your accent, he was not from around here.
1: <laughs> that's true. That's true, though I think th- I think oftentimes in like in in like the Cthulhu games, especially in the 1920s, like the the rural areas around Boston and Arkham are portrayed as like very hillbilly. It's like the people who have southern accents in like the uh, a, a quick window into into our lives. Adam and I are both from South Bend, Indiana, and there are, there are definitely towns around South Bend that are much more rural where people definitely talk like they're from the south. That's fair.
0: Very different from the rural towns around where Nick and I are from, where Where they just elongate their O's. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, So what? So uh. So what do you want to do next? Do you think? I think the
3: attic, and then we uh we uh take take uh wow I'm blanking on the word take uh you know figure out what's going on from there. So we start with the attic, and then uh and then maybe we go back then go and figure
2: out a plan. Yeah. Um. Constantine will carry up the. Is the chest heavy enough to? Is it like too heavy to carry easily?
1: no it's it's a travel chest so it's it's okay. meant
2: to be it's meant
1: to be moved
2: around Constantine will carefully load in everything making sure to collect at least a little bit of the silver powder so that it can be identified
0: are Constantine and Evan still in the robes
2: uh, Evan is yes he I think we established he's pulling it off
0: <laughs> yes absolutely
2: um Constantine kind of looks to the fact that Margaret didn't put one on and Margaret's been a little more um, probably a little more influential up to this point so he also then takes his off and puts it back in the in the thing, but f- f- careful, like, you know, fold it, like, this is a necessary part, alright, and then leads the way upstairs.
1: Alright, so you you would know, the ceiling is too tall for any of you to, like, reach up and pull the trap door down, so you're gonna need a chair, or, like, there is a ladder there down there. there a ladder? There. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Alright, so I'll grab the ladder and bring it up.
1: Constantine's, just, he's got an eight-foot ladder in one hand, he's got the trunk over his other shoulder, the other two are just, just walking. <laughs> he, he's a big dude. I have a gun. That's true, you do have a gun.
2: Doesn't have a toss, right? Yeah.
1: All right. So, who? I, I think I know the answer to this, but um, <laughs> how are we approaching? How are we approaching uh, opening, going going up, and opening the trap door? Uh, Evan will hold
2: the ladder and just kind of look at Constantine. Constantine will. Constantine. I mean, he's into this, but he's also. I mean, he's nervous, so he hesitates a moment. Again, look, kind of looks around, um, and shakily starts, you know, climbing the ladder. But he's he's committed, but. He, you know, understands that this is a big move.
0: Margaret will go up behind him.
1: Oh, you're you're going up the you're going up the ladder too. Yeah.
2: Constantine hesitates for a moment. Margaret's gun just presses against his back. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, and are you taking? I don't know. I, I don't know what. Do any of you have a flashlight? Are you taking a lantern? Like, what are what do you have? What do you have on you? Constantine.
0: I assume we brought the lantern up from yeah. the cellar. Yeah, so. yeah, sure, I'll sure, bring yeah. the
2: lantern up. I think we've established that that we have that and it's going. There's, I mean, there's a, a. I mean, we can always get oil, I guess, when we leave too. But yeah, he'll take it just to make sure. Yeah.
1: All right. So Constantine starts heading up the the ladder, and you you're able to kind of reach up and push open the trap door in the ceiling and it folds up into the ceiling and kind of slaps down on the on the the floor of the attic. And that allows you to kind of stick your head and shoulders up through the trap door. And so at this point I think Margaret probably starts to follow. And Constantine you you bring the lantern up through the trap door with you. It's still just kind of your your shoulders are are through and your arms are through, but you haven't crawled all the way up there and you just kind of take a look around. And it seems to be you're, you're, you're immediately kind of surprised at how much stuff is up here. And you like you notice some broken furniture, but then you start to notice other things. There are carcasses of dead animals, squirrels and raccoons and rabbits and other things that are just lying on the on the, the floor of the attic, their chests ripped open. And right at that moment you hear a very strange sound, like a gust of wind growling as it rushes towards you. And in the light from the lantern, you make out just a swirl of detritus moving towards you, causing a loud thumping along the boards forming the floor of the attic. And I think Margaret and Evan, you hear as if something large is moving across the floor of the attic from one side toward Constantine. And Constantine, I need you to make me a dodge roll. How is your dodge before before you make this roll? How is your dodge? Um, it is
2: not awful. Uh, 25, 27. Um, I didn't put any points in it. Uh, um, but you know, <laughs> I have a decent deck, so uh, that is a thirty four over twenty seven. However, um,
1: can I spend luck on dodge? I think so, but let me verify that. Okay.
2: This seems like an important important thing not to get touched by the thing that rips out things' chests.
1: Yeah, you can only not spend luck on luck rolls and on sanity checks. And so, yes, you can. Okay, so um, I will spend s- seven, seven luck
2: to get it down to 27, so that is a success.
1: Okay, and so as this... Gust of wind and detritus moves over you. You kind of throw yourself out of the way and you fall backwards off of the ladder and you knock mm-hmm. Margaret down with you as well. And so both of you are going to take some damage from this. So Constantine, you take 3 points of damage from your fall as your like shoulder cracks on the on the hard wooden ground. Oh. And Margaret, you take one, you just kind of bang your knee as you as you slip off the ladder, as Constantine kind of knocks you off the ladder as you fall. And as you're kind of both brushing yourselves off, you hear, you all hear a growling, panting sound coming from the attic above as the trap door slams shut. And I need you to all make me a sanity check, please. Oh, here it goes. I failed. Uh, Evan succeeded. Constantine failed.
2: All right. My current sanity is 18.
1: About to be lower. All right, so Evan succeeded, so you just take one point of sanity damage. Margaret, you failed. Mm-hmm. And so you take two points of sanity damage. And Constantine, you also failed. And you also take two more points of sanity damage.
2: Okay. Um. So different sessions, I mean, it's still like that four points Um. That for insanity.
1: Yeah, we're gonna say it's a different day because the last time you took sanity was last night reading the journal. So you 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 are currently you you're currently saved from going indefinitely insane. Okay. Um, by the by thing. the night sleep that you got, even if it was fitful.
2: Okay. Awesome. I'm good, guys. We're good.
1: All right. So 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 now now you all can react to what just happened.
2: So I you said that he smacked his. Do you remember what you said? whatever i said you he, like landed on your shoulder, his shoulder and like yeah, yeah um yeah. so you know he grabs his shoulder he yells out um like ah oh, oh, i i i saw it i am so sorry margaret but it was up there it's still up there maybe it's maybe it's still trapped um for some reason I, I think that's i think that's a good thing i think it's a good thing that you know we at least know it's up there
0: Kind of concurrently with, with Adam's, um, or sorry, with Constantine's rant, Margaret's just like, what the hell, Constantine? I,
2: I, I saw it. it. It came at me. I barely dodged out of the way. Uh, sorry I knocked you on the ladder, but, but this is good. This is good. We we know where it's at. We know where it's at. It's okay. And, uh, Evan is
3: just trans- transfixed, like, focused on the attic door, just staring at it, like, trying to see any. Perceptible movement of it again. He watched it slam closed, and he's just worried about it swinging back
2: open. Did Did Constantine happen to notice? Um, were there any wards on the attic door?
1: Yes there there were war there wards kind of drawn around on the trapdoor and kind of around the trapdoor. Okay. In the room that you're in now, which you think are it would be what's keeping it from coming down into the main floor. Mm-hmm. So so Evan,
3: after making sure it's not moving again says well it, it doesn't want us up there and I don't think we want to be up there either
0: yeah I I agree I think we should probably get out of the house go somewhere to regroup so we can prepare for this ritual
3: the the university
0: sounds perfect to me
3: yeah. let, let, let's go let's go yeah Evan's ready to leave
1: all right so th- your your plan is to head back to the university what goals do you want to accomplish? When you get back to the university, knowing that you do eventually have to come back here, what do you what do you want to do to get ready for the ritual?
3: So Evan Evan is focused on the ritual and and uh, fixated on the number of people. So he he wants to um, to recruit at least what two two or three more people to uh, to help us perform it.
0: Do we think that between Margaret and Evan we can actually work out the correct pronunciation of the Latin, or should we talk to a professor to make sure we say it correctly?
1: You're saying that Constantine can't figure out the correct pronunciation of the Latin. We j-
0: we just haven't discussed whether or not Constantine is a church attendee.
1: Oh, that's yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> Yes, it, the, it, it, <laughs> he is an O'Malley, though. Yeah. True. I,
2: I, I think. Yeah. I mean, again, yeah, I'm probably raised like that. He probably goes sometimes, but also it like he forgets that it's Sunday sometimes and just slips his mind. But
1: yeah, I think I'll, I think I think with the I think with the kind of written out. Paper, you would be fine. You think you would be fine, and actually, like l- literally saying the words of the chant.
0: So then, yes, I agree with Evan.
2: Constantine wants to look into the um, the dust of uh, Ibn Gazi. Yep. <laughs> the dust, and just see if he can find anything on it. If it offers anything other than what uh, Flower would do.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> and how do you want to? Pr- how do you want to go about trying to figure that out? Um. Does he,
2: I don't remember it saying anything in the journal of like what the origin is. Um, I mean, is there a way that he could look in any of the Egyptian things to see if it's mentioned or any of his occult knowledge, um, if he knows anything about it?
1: I mostly mean, do you want to like, do you want to look in books? Do you want to talk to people? And if you want to talk to people, who do you want to talk with?
2: He would want to start in looking in books.
1: Okay. Um, so go ahead and give me a library use role
2: failure 63 over 40
1: all right so you probably spend a few hours when you get back to the university at the Oren library probably until it closes just looking through books and you don't find any sign of any any reference to the powder of ibn ghazi or even really anything that talks about like a you know a silvery powder that does kind of what you think this does okay
0: I think that Margaret would have gone to help with Constantine versus going with Evan because Evan would just be able to pay people to come work with him. I don't think he would necessarily need Margaret's like fast talk, charming abilities. Um, so if if Constantine goes to the library to figure that figure stuff out about the dust, I think Margaret would have gone to like speak with some faculty or something for an additional support.
1: Okay. Cool. You can give me a, you can give me an interpersonal role of some sort on how you want to go talking to people.
0: 47. That's for charm.
1: Okay. Yeah. So you, you spend some time asking around, you like, I don't know, you go to that librarian that you had talked to before to see if she's ever heard anything or if she might know someone who would have knowledge of this type of thing. And you're actually directed back to Dr. He- Doctor Henry Armitage, the the head of the library. Who while while he while he um, urges you again to uh, to to stop undertaking whatever task it is that you're taking, he he does tell you what the dust what he, he has heard of the powder of Ibn Ghazi and tells you that it's it's known as a as a powerful magical substance. Um, in in the legends, he's never he's never seen anything like it, but it, it's known as a powerful magical substance. And when it's thrown or blown over something that is invisible or something that can't be seen, it makes them visible for a short while. He says that the 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 research that he's done says that it that it makes things visible for ten heartbeats.
0: So theoretically, Professor Armitage, if one were to throw flower at an invisible creature Would we receive the same effect?
1: He says he doesn't think so. There's something about the powder itself that is able to kind of cling to an invisible creature that just standard flour wouldn't do.
0: I know you say this is magical and mythical. If it weren't, do you have any idea how we would go about getting some?
1: It requires special ingredients that would take months if not years to obtain and then a, a particularly powerful ritual user to put it together.
0: What if we had unlimited funds?
1: <laughs> it would still take you time, I think.
0: Okay. Okay. Thank you.
1: All right. So finally, Evan. Um, I, I think I think uh, Brandy already mentioned how she thinks you're going to approach this, but how are you going? Who are you trying to get? Who are you trying to convince? And how are you doing it?
3: Well, uh, on the on the drive back, Evan is thinking to go back to uh to Warren Rice, who who did our translation, I believe.
1: He did the the hieroglyphics translation. That's correct. Yes.
3: And so, so that's his first thought. But at some point, they pass a church, and uh, and he thinks that a a priest may be more appropriate. So he is going to go to uh, to a church.
1: There is actually a church in Ross's corner. If that's some, if you wanted to like swing by there first.
3: Uh, no, I think he'll get to the university okay. with everyone, since since he'll be driving them.
1: Gotcha. So what? Uh, so an Arkham an Arkham church of some sort. Yes. All right. Um, and, and the, the priest, how are you, uh, what's your, what's your, uh, how are you approaching trying to, to convince the priest?
3: So, so Evan approaches, he has a copy or he has the instructions for the ritual. And, uh, and as he gets to the priest, he, he says, father, uh, fa- father, I need help. And, and he starts and stops several tra- times trying to explain what's going on and just just can't get more than two or three words into a sentence and finally just hands over the papers and 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 waits for the priest to react
1: okay um so the the priest that you're able to find in arkham it's a it's a younger a younger kind of smooth talking maybe irish maybe just you know from boston priest who he introduces himself as father mccarthy and you know he's you know he he's like the he's like the university chaplain. So you know he's 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 like trying to connect with the youth. So he's like young and hip in the He's 1920s. Got a backwards hat on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <sighs> and he uh, he reads over what you hand him, and he says, uh, "Do you believe this is real?"
3: Y- yes, and and it needs to be done tonight.
1: How do you know? What 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 have you looked at?
3: We we've seen it. We we've seen the monster. It needs to be done tonight.
1: All right, give me a persuade roll.
3: All right, so that is a seventy-nine over seventy-five, but I will use uh, I will use some luck. All to right, get that so down you spend a seventy-five,
1: four luck to get down to a seventy-five, and he says, "I can tell by the I can tell by the look in your eye that you that you're serious and you need help. I'll come with you."
3: Is is there anyone else? We we need more. There there are three of us. We need more.
1: How many more do you need? How many more do you
3: need? We we need to chant
1: all right I'll uh, I'll get a few people I'll uh, I'll meet you back here in in an hour.
3: Thank you father.
1: So you all meet back up together in an hour and the priest has recruited two Miskatonic University students and uh, you know a, a, a young man and a young woman and he says these two uh, these two I trust and they've got a, a bit of an interest in the occult so I think that'll be I think they'll be quite good. They're good godfearing people too, even with the even with the interest in the cult. They uh they believe in the Lord above and they'll uh they'll offer us some protection.
3: So so Evan kinda pulls the priest away and, and lowers his voice and says, Do do they know they're in danger?
1: Yes, I uh I told them this wasn't something they should take on lightly.
3: Uh oh, okay. Okay. And and he just starts to walk ahead, like, towards the
2: car, just re- ready to move forward because he doesn't know what else to do. Constantine is I guess Evan probably talked about, okay, we need more people, but wasn't really paying attention to that. So, Constantine's kind of surprised um, to see everyone and maybe a little, like, taken aback. So, he's just like, w- w- welcome, welcome, thank you, thank you for, for helping us. I, I I don't know, like, he's just, he's very shooken up by this. Pro- he's almost more shooken up by this than he was... In a similar way, like to actually seeing the entity, like new people joining in, like kind of unexpected that he doesn't know, kind of just to shakes him up a little bit.
1: Gotcha. So you all cram into Evan's car and you drive back up to Ross's corner and up the Boone Road and to the to the pathway that leads to the house. And at this point, it's getting to be right around sunset. And by the time you walk down the pathway the only real light that that exists for you other than the lantern that you're carrying is the moonlight which is as we've said nearly full
2: um, as we're walking up he does um, lean over or like you know maybe like walk next to the um, female
1: Miskatonic University student and says
2: ma'am excuse me is your name Myrtle by chance
1: she um she looks at you and she's like no I'm sorry I'm April
2: oh oh okay okay never mind never mind Of course, what was I thinking? What was I thinking?
1: It's okay. Don't worry. And so the six of you walk down this path and you come into the clearing where the farmhouse is. And just at that moment, you hear an ear piercing shriek that sounds like it's coming from the house, but it travels out of the house and across the yard, almost zooming right over your heads. And all of you see just a faint, tangling vortex rolling through the air across the yard, and it shakes leaves from the branches as it whirls by above you. And that is where we are going to end our story for now.
2: It's out.
0: <laughs> this podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Chaosium Inc. slash Moon Design Publications LLC, which are used under Chaosium Inc.'s fan material policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Chaosium, Inc. For more information about Chaosium, Inc.'s products, please visit Chaosium.com. Our intro music was composed and produced by Jean-Luc Bouchard. You can find more information about the Nature of My Game podcast at nomgpodcast on Twitter and Instagram or at NOMGPodcast.com. To support us on Patreon, please visit Patreon.com NOMGPodcast.